True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And we're so excited to be talking to you tonight. Thank you for joining us. And um, tonight, uh, we have a few different things to kind of go over. Uh, we've missed talking to you guys. It's kind of been a while since we've done a podcast. And we are, we had our next episode, sort of our plans get postponed, but he, he's still going to be on. He just had some travel plans and some work stuff come up. But the private investigator and his partner, who used to be an NYPD homicide detective, he is still going to be on our show, just not this episode like we thought. So we're just going to go ahead and... This will just be Renee and me tonight. So, um, you know, today's 9-11, the, the anniversary of, can't believe it's been 19 years since the 9-11 terrorist attack. Isn't that crazy, Renee? It really is. You know, my, my daughter, um, her birthday is September 10th. Mm-hmm. She was actually due on September 11th. And um, anyway, so every year at her birthday, we get to think about, you know, 9-11 and the events that happened and um and we just it's it's such a horrible memory for me and i'm sure it's a horrible memory for everyone that a lot of people like to you know what were you doing on the day and i just don't even join in because it it was so upsetting for me that i was at work and i was like i don't know if you're letting us go home but i'm leaving <laughs> you know yeah. i was super scared and worried and scared for the kids i were at school and i was just it was horrible so yeah, it was really, really the worst. Um, I only had one child at the time, and she was a baby, and I was just freaked out. We were homeless because our um, house had sold in Dallas, and our Frisco house was late, so we were staying at um, the Suites of America in Addison, and I remember Mike had left for work when I turned it on and saw the news, and it was just so scary because he was going to a tall building in downtown Dallas, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, and then when I talked to him later, he said it was so weird when he was driving to work. He said it sounded like War of the Worlds, you know, what he was listening mm-hmm. on the radio. He just couldn't believe what he was hearing on the way. So we just wanted to sort of acknowledge that today is a 9-11 um, anniversary and it's talk about true crime. That's that's a huge one and it impacted our country and everyone in it forever. So our hearts and thoughts go out to everybody who was affected by this directly because those of us that were not affected directly like I we didn't have a loved one that died in it but it's still you know us all these years it affected us greatly so um we just wanted to acknowledge that at the start and also today my son drove to school for the first time he just got his license last night it's been a whirlwind few days getting his license the COVID situation made it take longer so we finally got around to it and um and so, sorry. Yeah, Renee, check your message. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I responded. And um, so, yeah, so that was kind of, and then just now he goes, I'm going to the star. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, he's going up there where there's traffic on a Friday night. I'm so scared. So I just got to let go, I guess. Yeah, what it's you- really hard. I I remember those days, but I, I told you, you're not going to see him hardly ever. I remember my parents um, would always tell the stories about when I first got a, you know, driver's license mm-hmm. and, drive and got a car and everything. They would be like, oh, man, we're out of bread. I'm like, I'll go get it. Oh, we need some milk. I'll go get it. So funny. <laughs> Whatever yes. you need, I'll go get it. And that's the way kids are. And it's funny. And then eventually <laughs> where you're like, oh, will you do me a favor and go do blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no. You're like, what happened to that excitement? <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Okay, so, well, tonight, obviously, we're here to talk about the Missy Beavers case. And, you know, I know we've said this on just about every darn episode is we have not gotten any updates from law enforcement, but we continue to dig. We continue to try to have good guests on who can help us dig and to get, gain some insight into this case. And, um, you know, it. we've been, Renee and I have lately gone back to the original CSI report that was made the day of the murder of course, and we've sort of had some new stuff jump out at us. Renee, did you want to start with that, and then we can move on to the other topics? Are we ta- are we starting off with the CSI report? If you want to, or we can skip it and come back. I'll let you decide where you want to start. Okay. Well, um, let's see. Well, there's a couple of things that we we recently came up with. Uh, one of the things that we decided to do was to um, order the call calls for service logs, and for the month of March, the month of March of 2016, and the month of April 2016, and the pages consisted of 276 pages total, which is a lot. So it was something that you just couldn't get in an email. You had to get it printed out and, you know, pay for it and all that good stuff. So anyway, um, I got those printed out and went through every single page and tried to um, highlight the different pages that seemed to stand out. So there's a couple of things that I learned uh, about this. Um, a couple of things that I learned from looking at this call log. So one of the things, and I sent you the ones too, so you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, one of the things that I learned, they, they do a lot of different things, like they do neighbor, neighborhood patrol. They do, of course, I mean, we know this, but these are the kind of things that I'm running across in this log. Uh, business building checks, um, suspicious vehicles, you know, jail duty checks, accidents, lots of accidents in here, traffic, suspicious vehicles. There's some arrests in here. There's all kinds of stuff in here. So in going through this, what I did was I looked for the address and what they do I can't hear you. Did you do something different? Can you hear me now? Yes. They log the addresses. Um, Sorry, my husband called. (laughs) I don't know why, because he's here. So (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so they log the addresses in like, like if if an address is like uh, 112, they'll just put 100 Main Street. Mm So, um, they will, they'll do that. And then, um, then what will happen after that is that they'll log it in as just that, you know what I'm saying? They'll just, I guess the, the block, like Mm -hmm. 200, whatever. And so you have to go through and find the different ones that pertain to the location we're talking about, like the church and, you know, maybe the businesses surrounding it to see whatever happened. So anyway, fast forwarding to the ones for April 18th. Um, I forgot to turn off my notification. I'm so sorry. And I can't do it now. Anyway. It's okay. <laughs> I hate that one in the recording when it has the sound, you know, the ding and whatever. But anyway, so I went through there and looked at all the ones. And of course, I sent you the one for April 18th. And so I'll just, I'll just, since I'm talking about it, I'll just go ahead and read it real quick. Um, hang on, almost there. Okay, so it has listed the 5400 block of US Highway 287, and responsive person, and then it says burglary, 
burglary of a building. And then it has another one and it has the officers that were responding to the call. And then it has it, it again listed unresponsive person. And then it says capital murder by terror threat, other felony. And then, and this is of course, after the fact, I'm sure that, you know, they have it logged in there. Um, they have it logged in there about, you know, taking the call, but I'm sure after the fact, cause it says completed assignment. Um, and it has another one. It says 54 printer block, same address, unresponsive person. And, and I guess they have to do that for each person that responds. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand why they do it like this, but they like have one line for the burglary, one line for the capital murder. And then it's the same officer. So I don't really understand that. I don't know if it's important, but anyway, it lists 5 a.m. And then, and I don't know if it's, it could be that it's like, two people called in and they're and it's for the same thing. So they're still sending that same person for both of the calls. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what it is. I'm not real sure. I'm just kind of trying to talk through this cause I don't really know, but it's just so people can kind of understand what I'm looking at. And then mm-hmm. there's a person on a third officer on here that's responding. So anyway, so we, so I went through there and pulled all those. And then underneath one of the ones, the three listed for Missy's murder, there's one that's the same day for 5.57 a.m. And the address is super close. It's 5,500. And it says welfare check. So I thought, well, let me just request the record for that just to see what it is. Right. So I went ahead and did that and um, got the information. And so basically what it was, it says, um, it says welfare check on here. And I don't know, I guess maybe somebody could have called and said, hey, there's a, you know, car, something's going on. Um, There's a car, somebody needs to check something out or, you know, there's somebody inside or something. So on this report, it says silver Pontiac on its side, female inside. And then it says stated westbound, but pinging eastbound. So you know that the person that called in is on a cell phone because the 5500 block of Highway 287 is nothing. There's nothing there. And so I thought that was interesting. Remember I was telling you about it. That it Yeah, that's very interesting that, yeah, that it was so, able to tell where they, what side of the road they were on. So apparently the person that called in was fibbing about their direction because it was pinging that they're going one way, but they claim to be going another. Is that what you're well, getting from that? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind that they just don't know which way they're going because. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's true. I laugh because that's, you know. I could see one of us doing that. Yeah, so I'm going right. southbound. It's like, ma'am, you're going north. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, um, so anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. And then it says that Waxahachie PD located the vehicle and they're working the accident. So apparently it was an accident. It was kind of weird that it was a welfare check. So I checked I it out. It didn't turn out to be anything, but it was interesting to kind of learn something from it. Right. I guess they were just making sure that she was alive or whatever. Um, Okay, so I have a question. You had highlighted this one, actually. It's the one that says suspicious activity, 5400 East um, Highway 287. Uh And it was uh, 4.24 a.m. Officer Jay Flowers responded. I thought that was really interesting because, I mean, gosh, that was like right at the time of the murder. So... 
Oh, I'm okay, sorry. Can say that again? I missed the time. Never mm-hmm. mind. I am a massive bonehead. It's not even the same day. I'm looking at um the 23rd. <laughs> but you... <laughs> I'm going, I'm sorry. not even that. I missed that oh one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's sorry, okay. guys. So, anyway. But you highlighted that. Did you request those records or were you just Let me see. Maybe, I think I might have. And if I did, I'll pull it up real quick because I, I believe I actually printed that one out. But let me see real quick. I think I did. Yeah, let me scroll back to the correct date here. Oh, I see it. The suspicious activity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that one, I did I did get the report for that one. And it's kind of funny, but that one is um that one is for um that one is for uh we're taking pictures of blue bonnets. That's Can you hear the me? One? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's the one. It was suspicious activity, and they were taking pictures of blue bonnets, and they they checked the the guy's um, information, took his driver's license and everything, and and then he said, "We're just taking family pictures of the blue bonnets." So apparently, there must be some blue bonnets, I guess, around the church. I mean, I don't know. I've never noticed any, but I don't really, you know, I don't know. But that's what it said, and they checked him out, and he went on his way. So. Hmm. That was and that you know one. what? That's probably more typical of what goes on in Midlothian. Stolen bikes, people, mm-hmm. you know, reporting people for taking pictures of blue bonnets. And I mean, it's probably, I'm not saying there's no crime because I'm sure there's theft and things like that. But yeah, right. it's pretty, yeah, it, Missy's murder definitely rocked that town. Because when you look at these call logs, it's just none of it is, you know, as murder. So and there were several times that I noticed that people were, you know, they had checked, they had done building checks. Um, one of the things that I found interesting about it, though, is that they had done building checks and there was more than one officer. So I would have, my question would be, do they, is it because the two are working together or is it because there's two different police officers and two different vehicles driving around or is there like one on foot, one driving around? I was just kind of curious why there's two. Mm-hmm. They usually send backup even for traffic tickets, you know, so maybe that's what yeah. it was. But I There's mean, like- we're going to build them check. We're talking, we're not talking about a call where somebody says something's going on over here. We're talking about just, you know, mm-hmm. doing, oh, I'm driving around. I'm going to go over here and check out this building, make sure there's nothing going on. Is it typical for them to send two? That's, that's I think so. I think they always have to have backup. I don't know, though. Yeah. I mean, that's a good idea, of course, but the way mm-hmm. things happen, I was just curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, though. Um, Okay, so let's see here. Um, what else were we going to cover? Um, I think we cover some. There was a few more though that I was going to ask you about too, or not ask you about, but talk about if you want me to. Um, you said I was, but maybe I'm. <laughs> <laughs> there was well, you had, some, yeah, you definitely had some stuff from the CSI report you wanted to talk about, and then I've got a small one. All right. So, okay. Um, sometimes it's kind of weird because we go through this. Um, we go through a lot of questions with this case. Obviously, y'all know 
all the time, you know, over and over and over. And it's, it, there's been so much information that we've covered and so many things that we've talked about. Sometimes we kind of have to step back. I know me and you both have done this and be like, wait a minute, you know, what was that? Or, you know, so mm-hmm. somebody asked a question. It was a really good question on our, in our group. And they had mentioned something about how did the killer get through, um, you know, after the murder through the church without like tracking blood. And so yeah. we were all thinking that, you know, or maybe there wasn't like a lot of blood around. I mean, I know that sounds crazy that she was murdered as brutally as she was and there was no blood, but you know, after the, the talk about, you know, being shot and things like that, we kind of started rethinking it. And I think you did. Right. Cause that's what I was like, well, maybe there really wasn't, you know, you're exactly so, right. I did start to rethink it based on you know, just kind sort of like, of, just some stuff that we've uncovered recently and things we heard earlier on and just sort of piecing it all together and then thinking about why were there, why was there not, um, and this goes back to what you were going to bring up in the CSI report, but if this person didn't, and this is graphic. So if you're close to Missy, please turn off this program right now. But, you know, just the fact that the perpetrator didn't make bloody footprints, wasn't tracking it. And and also, do you remember when Joseph Scott Morgan, a death investigator, was on our program? That was a great episode, by the way, if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, anyone listening right now, definitely. That's just a great episode because he was just so good. But he was saying that, you know, he was basing this off of the media reports, you know, we have to remind our listeners, we have never seen a report on the actual cause of death. It has never been released. Her autopsy is sealed. So we're just going by the really vague description that we've gotten from law enforcement, which was puncture wounds to the head and chest. And um, so based on that and the fact that you can kind of see that the perpetrator is carrying a hammer and... Um, a lot of speculation was that the claw side of the hammer was used to attack Missy. And that could very well be true, that the hammer was the weapon. <clears throat> We've heard that there's probably a gun involved. So maybe it was both. But, you know, when you look, we have talked so many times, and Renee, you've pointed this out really well before, that timeline is so tight. I started thinking that, you know, and Joseph Scott Morgan mentioned that the perpetrator would be just absolutely covered in blood if she was bludgeoned in the way that we thought she was. But if you really look at how tight the timeline is, it just, and then the new information about there potentially being a gun and her being killed by a gunshot or at least being shot, whether or not that's, that was a fatal wound or not, it just made me think maybe there was no bludgeoning. Maybe um mpd was sort of playing fast and loose with their language when they said puncture wounds um they because they obviously do not want they've gone to great lengths to make sure that the public does not know her exact manner of death so we know she was murdered by that creature in that outfit in the church but we don't know how i mean we've really just been speculating and trying to read the tea leaves of what midlothian police has told us so I have sort of changed my theory a little bit. I'm not saying I know this is true, but at this point where we are right now, after all this research, I wouldn't be surprised if Missy was shot and that was it. Maybe two gunshots and the perpetrator escaped. And all this stuff that we've talked about over the years maybe didn't even happen with all the stabbing and everything. Right. Yeah, we're starting to... Um... 
it's it feels like there's a lot of things that we thought in the beginning and it's all starting to kind of change in my mind like i like i said i had thought in my mind that you know well, maybe there wasn't any flood and that's how they were able to get out without there being any tracks or footprints or anything like that but then i went over and looked at the the csi report and i read it and it was i was like oh wow okay so i wasn't crazy but it i'll just read the last paragraph it said the person that was talking in this is Sergeant Joe M. Fitzgerald, and he was responding to the call uh, to come to the church. And he talks about talking to people in the beginning. And then at the very end here, he talks about walking into the church and, you know, whatever he sees. And he said he was in charge of the crime scene control log. The tape was marking off a South Breeze Way entrance for the church. Inside the yellow tape was four. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I read that and I was like, what? Inside the yellow tape was a four-door Ford truck. The truck was positioned facing west underneath the awning. The front passenger door and truck bed lid were open. The truck was bearing, and I'm assuming that was a license plate and they removed it. I was met by Commander Chief, I'm sorry, Commander Kevin Johnson. Commander Johnson and I brief, briefly spoke and I was directed to MPD CID Sergeant Tim Scott. Sergeant Tim Scott led by Ellis County CST Cringen and I into the church. We walked through the South Breezeway doors into the main foyer to the north side of the church. I saw I saw a white female laying on her back. She was wearing workout style clothes. There were large areas of pulled blood and pieces of broken glass scattered all over the floor. After viewing the body, we were asked to process the truck under the awning. And so I read that and I was like, okay, so that for whatever reason something that we had learned and it could have been about the, the the possible about her possibility of her being shot that in my mind I thought well maybe there were you know there wasn't a lot of blood so that's how they didn't track anything in or get it you know whatever but obviously now we can see that there was large areas of pulled blood and pieces of broken glass scattered all over the floor mm -hmm. so that tells me that I, I'm back to thinking how did they well, how did this happen without them getting footprints everywhere or whatever, you know? Well, yeah, and, and a gunshot to the head and chest or the head and back or whatever happened to poor Missy, it would generate pooled blood for sure. But right. I'm starting to think that the the way Joseph Scott Morgan described how the perpetrator, what condition the perpetrator would be in after, you know, that type of close-up stabbing, they would just be absolutely saturated in blood. And I really don't get the impression that the perpetrator was... If they were, one reason I don't think they were is that would be so much easier to catch a person. I would think that, but then again, they would have to know who it was to be able to get the blood off their outfit and their car. I don't know. It's just a huge mystery to this day. I, I'm really shocked. I was telling someone today, I cannot believe it's been four and a half years and we're baffled. I think the scariest part is I'm afraid that the police are baffled too, but you yeah. know. I guess us being baffled is not that big of a deal, but I hope, law, I hope law enforcement's not as baffled as we're afraid that they are. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm just saying that it's just a huge mystery and it must, you know, I just can't imagine who would do this to her. And the people close to her don't know. Her best friends have no idea. Her family, no idea. What is up with that? That is really interesting. I see that a lot though. I, I've, um, you know, obviously I watch a lot of <laughs> true crime on TV sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I say I watch a lot. I, 
I actually listen more than I do watch because I'm, I used to be able to sit in front of the TV and watch TV, but I just, I have a hard time doing that anymore. So I'll turn it on and I'll just listen to it, but same thing, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you, you hear all the time that their, the family and friends are just like, I have no idea who could be like, I don't know who could have killed her, him or whatever. And everybody's just shocked when they find out who it is. They're like, wow, I did not know that that person felt like that or whatever. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. Uh, well, and I was looking at an NPR article from 2015 and National Public Radio article, and it said, open cases, why one third of murders in America go unsolved. And that really just made me stop and worry for a minute, because if a third of our nation's murders go unsolved, I sure hope Missy's does not land in that category. I really want hers to get solved. Um, I want them all to get solved, of course, but it says here, if you're murdered in America, there's a one in three chance that the police won't identify your killer. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting article. I won't read it on the air, but if anyone wants to check it out, it's from March 30th, 2015. And it's called open cases. Why one third of the murders solved It's from NPR. So um, anyway, yeah, that was just a, a really crazy statistic. And um, see, uh, were you going to go over something about SWFA or did you want me to tell my part of the CSI document or what did you want to do next? You can tell your part of the CSI and then I'll do that afterwards. Okay. Sounds good. My part of the CSI was, um, you know, how we had talked on a previous podcast about how there's this huge section that's redacted and it says Renee Bird Jones had contacted Fitzgerald, the author of this report. And um, he was actually the one at the scene processing everything. And we were like, wow, that Renee Bird Jones lady must have been telling who the killer was because they redacted her whole thing. You know, remember that? Well, you know, I had the privilege of talking to Renee Jones a while back and I finally just asked her that. I said, what? I said, we were, I said, I was kind of cracking a joke once that you must have been telling who the killer was and everything about them because they took a marker and redacted that whole section. You know, what's interesting is I don't think she was aware of that. So I kind of brought, she was like, wait, what? So I told her about that because I don't think she had seen the actual report yet, or maybe she had and just didn't know what I was talking about. So then she goes, oh, oh, you know, it kind of took her a minute, obviously, because it's been four years. But she goes, oh, yeah, yeah. She, and, ob- and we have to look at the context here. Missy and Renee were extremely close. And when someone close to you is murdered and you just found out about it and you're super rattled and freaked out, you're probably just sort of vomiting everything out of your mouth that you know, right? Right. So what she had told me that she had done that morning is she was just trying to bring Fitzgerald up to speed. She said she had talked to this person and she was giving personal information, not about the case, not about Missy's murder. She was literally saying, okay, I talked to Brandon. Here's his cell phone number. And we talked. And then I called next, the person that next person that called me was, uh, you know, whoever it was, it might've been one of the daughters. I don't remember, but she was just sort of going down a list of everybody in Missy's circle that she had been speaking to that morning to try to figure out what happened. And she had talked to Brandon a couple of times on his way back from Mississippi. And she had talked to various other people in the family and friends and camp gladiator people. So she said what she was doing was just spewing off a ton of information. And Mm -hmm. it included phone numbers of people that she had just gotten off the phone with. And just in case that Fitzgerald would want to follow up with anybody. Um, 
so that was that. So I just thought I would clear that up because I thought that was really interesting information because I always want, we always were like, why was all that redacted? What could she have been saying? It must have been juicy, but um, it was serious. She was not saying who the killer was and she was not giving any information about the case. She was literally having her own very upset state of mind after just finding out that her really good friend had been killed and was just trying to bring Fitzgerald up to speed on everyone she had talked to and everything that just the information she had so far and was trying to figure out what was going on. Wow. That, really that makes sense though. I mean, at least, you know, that makes a lot of sense though. Cause I would be yeah. the same way. Just like rattling like, Oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of so. information. But yeah. I remember thinking that too. And I'm, I'm actually looking at it and it's just like a whole, what two, two paragraphs there at least full paragraphs. And then the second page is like the whole thing is redacted. Like there's hardly anything on that page. Yeah. And we always wondered why they redacted so much about Missy's truck. That was another thing that. I know. Cause I mean, you can see that's, I don't, I never have understood the whole part about the license plate because there's pictures of her truck with the license plate. So like, I don't understand why. I know. License plate off. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's in the picture. So why are you taking it off? It's crazy. Okay, seriously. Yeah. I know. Anyway, it's really funny. All right. What else were we going to talk about on that? Anything else? I don't think so. I think that was it. Okay. Um, excuse me. All right. Uh, so you want me to do with about the SWFA next? Yeah, I think that's about all we have left. This will be one of our shorter episodes probably. Okay. All right. So, um, one of the things that I decided to do was to see if I could talk to somebody at SWFA. Um, I had a question about the church because one of our listeners, Melissa, she had uh, noticed there were some lights, looked like some lights coming on. Like when you're watching the actual surveillance video um, at the church, I mean, I'm sorry, when you're watching the surveillance video at SWFA, and the camera is pointing towards the church. You can, it looks like there's a light that comes on at the church. Like it comes on and then goes off or something. So she was trying to, you know, wonder if like somebody might be over there while the car was over at the SWFA. And I thought, well, you know, that's a really good question. And maybe I could just ask somebody at SWFA. So I, I, I rounded up somebody to ask. And, um, and they ended up telling me a few things that I found very interesting. Um, one of the things that they shared with me, what, you know, in the beginning, I don't know if, if a lot of people remember this, but when the whole thing came out about the um, Ultima, the only thing that police released was the back end of the Ultima with the supposed sticker. And um, that was pretty much it, right? I don't remember how long it was after. I, do you remember how long it was after that SWFA actually released the uh, surveillance video of the Ultima driving around the building? Um, I want to say it was in May, like maybe early May. Okay. So it was a little, it was a little ways after that happened that they released the video. Cause it, so it wasn't the police that released it. It was SWFA. And so come to find out it was because they weren't really interested in the Ultima because there was another vehicle scene, um, on surveillance camera behind the church. Mm-hmm. Um, this person didn't remember exactly like they couldn't say it was a you know red ford truck or whatever they just said that it was a truck seen behind the church 
And I just don't understand why they wouldn't give out that information. Like to me, that's super important. Mm-hmm. That's like that's even more important than the Ultima, you know, because we don't know for sure that the Ultima is even connected. I mean, I feel like it is, but we don't know that for sure. It may yeah. not be. Yeah, you know, it could be so passed through. Yeah, tell people about the a truck seen behind the church. <laughs> well, and I also have to wonder, um, you know, because he did the guy at SWFA did sort of say he was kind of having a hard time remembering details. So yeah. maybe is it possible that that was the small dark SUV and his mind over the last several years sort of forgot and, and made it a truck. You know how you'll do that, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially if you're not paying that close of attention over, you know, because yeah. um, now if there's a separate truck, now we got three cars to worry about. There's a yeah. small dark SUV, this Nissan Altima across the street, and then a truck. So I'm hoping that's at least not a third car. Because and like you said, why if there is a completely different vehicle than the small dark SUV or the Nissan Altima, why haven't they released that to the public? And I mean, you can't, and, and I never did understand why they didn't tell the public about the small dark SUV, but I've said that 15 times at least. So I won't go back into that, but we've just said we have to have the information to be able, I mean, if you're going to ask for the public's help, which MPD has done, then you have to give the public at least enough information to help you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, uh, you, you gotta give you know you gotta give us something so if 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 what you you have given out and what you have done so far hasn't worked out you know has it produced a, an arrest or an investigation and you know something uh tangible like you gotta release something else and i mean i'm where, where did we see that listed the uh um i'm sorry what list and we're gonna have to figure out how to delete all these ums sorry <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if we're <laughs> I'm trying to do three things at once and it's causing me to say that over and over. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but where, where did, uh, where was it listed about the small dark, dark SUV? Cause I, re- I remember that. Yeah, that was in Bobby Wayne Henry's search warrant from yeah. December, 2016. That's mm-hmm. the only time the small dark SUV has so it was never mentioned. Okay. Yeah. No, that's the, it. the police and have never it- admitted the search warrant to, that extensive search warrant on Bob Wynn Henry to the public. They've never talked about the small dark SUV. That was all sort of under the radar, you know, until we found the public record. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's pretty interesting that, you know, they had heard something about that and, and, and that there was one scene and, and it also says that there's a possibility that there was some camera working um, maybe at the back of the building back of the church mm-hmm. or you know I, I don't know exactly how it was seen but you know he he mentioned that and then obviously there's the dark SUV so maybe they were one and the same and they just blamed it on somebody seeing it leaving I know we've talked about this on a previous podcast but it's been a long time but you remember at the very 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 beginning there was that one little news blurb where they said that they could see MPD admitted that they could see the perpetrator's car parked and, yeah, um, in the distance, but they didn't want to say yeah, anything they, to. Yes, they said we're not even comfortable just giving a description because we don't even know we can't even identify and make. We're not confident we can identify a make or model, something to that effect. 
So that, okay, so I, let's talk about that for a second. I don't understand the whole concept of that. So like the outside cameras weren't working. So what camera was it that picked up on it? And what camera was it that you could sort of see it, but not really? I'm well, so confused. I, mean, I, I know we don't know, but what do you think? I assumed that the perch car would be on the other side of the church, not the awning area or the main entrance right. where, mm-hmm. you know, the awning area where Missy came in or the main doors. I'm thinking it was the opposite side of the church so that she couldn't see and so right. that the on, you know sense. and traffic going by couldn't see and um so i assumed when i first heard that report four and a half years ago that that one that they weren't confident that they could even give the maker model i figured they only got a sliver of it because it was that in you know how the cameras are at the entrances i figured it was that back entrance camera was picking up the, the interior camera that was pointing out was just picking up a tiny bit of that parking spot. You know what I mean? Well, okay. So what I'm trying to figure out is, uh, okay. So the doors back there are not like, you know, obviously the front entrance has got the two mm-hmm. big doors and then the awning has got the whole on an air awning area. And it's got the doors that you walk into and then you, then you walk into the little, um, warrior whatever you call it and then the other doors so i get there being one that would be there that you could see through or one in the main entrance that you could see through but the doors on the back of the church are completely different so i don't see how anything on the inside of that would allow you to see outside do you know what i'm saying because they're like solid doors they're not like glass doors yeah that's true now i was thinking that there is a glass a set of glass doors on the back side of the church but now I've got myself wondering after you said that so I'll have to look at a map of the church again but not the kitchen door where the perpetrator supposedly broke in but I thought that there was um on the back side um an entrance that had some windows not quite as much as the front entrances but something well, at least. Been some. I think that they have like the you know the little um I don't know what they call them but the little windows that you can just kind of look through but mm-hmm. I don't think they have like an actual like a solid glass I mean from what I remember because I drove around the church I've driven around the church probably two times mm-hmm. um I don't remember seeing any any glass doors like that I just remember seeing like okay. solid metal doors or mm-hmm. steel doors whatever and then like maybe um do you remember the one where you have to walk up steps to go in Yes. Now that's what I was going to say. Maybe that that's one. A, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe that would be it, but I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember there being parking spots. I feel like we have to look at it again. Maybe there is. Not that not that they parked in a parking spot, but I'm just right, saying yeah. what would be their reason parking for it. was probably the least of their worries, <laughs> I'm sure. But yeah, right. I'm thinking that, um, you know, somebody that attended that church for many, many years swore up and down to us that they heard from the elders and, you know, that the cops had been open with them about everything and said that the perpetrator entered through those doors. The one I just described that has the steps that go up to it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of threw me for a loop for a while because that guy really sounded like he knew what he was talking about. He's in the groups. You know who I'm talking about, Richard. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, he's gone to that church for many, many, many years. And he was just very confident that that's where the perp came in. But then we heard that the perp came in the kitchen. So I'm not even a hundred percent convinced. I'm sure where the perp entered. We do know that there was a broken window at the kitchen, but 
that doesn't necessarily, where, you know. Where did we hear that? And, and you know, it could have been, it could have been this. And, and I'm just thinking this through. It could have been, they could have broken in two doors. Mm-hmm. Because even if, like, you break into the church, let's say you break into the church and you can't go out the door you came in for whatever reason. And, and then you can't even get out the other one because even though you're on the inside, it's still locked where you can't, you know what I'm saying? Where you can't get out. Mm-hmm. So maybe they broke into two doors so that they knew they for sure they had two ways out of the back of the building. I don't know. Just a thought. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. one picture that we've seen um, where it looks like the whole thing is the whole thing is like broken. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? That there was the, the lock, the door handle, everything was completely gone. You remember that? Yes. And we talked about that. We were saying, I wonder if um, the perpetrator removed it or more than likely, I think MPD probably took the doorknob for in, removed it and took it in for fingerprinting. I don't know. That's, that's a good possibility. To check for fingerprints. I mean, the picture was probably taken for, you know, um, advertise you know what i mean news purposes or whatever you know like yeah the broken door or whatever mm-hmm. but anyway i just i just found that interesting that um that they uh seen you know the different doors and we still don't know which door they came through which door the perp you know went into I, i'm starting to wonder if we know anything about this case honestly because MPD hasn't really told us a whole heck of a lot and you know and there's been no updates in forever and they're not talking to the press there's been no press conferences I mean goodness yeah no it's it's very frustrating but yeah I just wanted to share that I thought that was interesting and and, um, I hope it is um, the dark SUV that we're talking about and it's just they just you know, thought it was a truck or maybe it's a truck and they thought it was a dark SUV. I don't know, you know. Gosh, I hope so too. Yeah. Because that, that, that would be discouraging. <laughs> if there's yeah, a if there's a whole new car, that we, yeah, that they think the suspect is driving. I don't even know what to do with that, but it could be. That's what it sounds like if you take what he said at face value, you know. Well, and you know, here's the thing. If, if that's the case, then I, I'm leaning towards there was at least two people involved in this. Because you can't have three cars in one person, so that's just not possible. You can't even have three cars and two people, honestly. But I don't think there's two. I don't think there's three cars. I think that maybe the second vehicle just got, um, you know, uh, described differently by different people or something. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I hope so. And of course, we obviously don't even know that the Ultima was involved, but it's just super suspicious that the vehicle is driving around the, you know, SWFA in um, a, a suspicious way. And, you know, right around the time that the uh, camera is triggered at the church mm-hmm. and doesn't record anything, but it's triggered. I guess it turned on and I guess it reports, you know, the camera turned on at this time or whatever and then not long after that then the perp breaks into the church and then missy's murdered so i mean it does kind of all sound like it's all intertwined but still i find that interesting that npd hasn't admitted or said anything about that camera being triggered we learned that from the google um the geofencing search warrant that's true i forgot about that one yeah, just another tidbit that they didn't share. It's really strange. I mean, 
I mean, on one hand, you know, we, we totally understand the need for police to keep something close to their vest. You know, I get it. But on the other hand, when you have this murder and it has been, it, it's been four, it'll be four and a half years, the 18th of this month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we haven't heard from them since 2019. And as I'm, I'm sure they still have people calling in and, you know, saying, oh, you know, my neighbor, Mark's life of her, whatever. I mean, I get mm-hmm. it. And they have to take all that stuff out. I get it. But, you know, release what about people. what about it bringing out all the kooks like? I'm not going to mention any names, but there's some pretty nutty people in the groups that have, and I don't mean a little nutty. I mean, we're talking like crazy people and, um, you know, they badger NPD. So I don't, I really don't blame them for not being in front of the podium very often because I'm sure that these people, these, you know, I say people, it's pretty singular. There's that one that's really out there um, that, I mean, they have to hear from those people. And I think there is more than one, actually. We talked about it earlier. Um, but these people probably get stirred up by hearing about the case and then they call and say really crazy stuff, you know? So I don't know. Um, I don't know what to think, but I wish NPD would give an update and just sort of push all the crazy people aside and, and, and let the public hear what's going on just so that it could trigger someone's, you know, just hearing it. Like you've always said, you make a great point. If they would just release a tiny bit more of the video that could make someone go, Oh, wait, I do know somebody that looks like that. I didn't notice it until I saw them from this angle, you know? Yeah, exactly. Or how about, and I know I've said this before, but you know, when captain span said at that very, very first press conference, he said emphatically, we have um, video of the perpetrator walking down a hallway after the murder, presumably to leave the way he or she came in. Yeah, I mean, exactly. show us that, you know? Yeah. They're going to be walking totally differently than they were when they were just lollygagging around the church. Right. Exactly. Waiting for her to arrive. So I know yeah. I've said that on other episodes, but I still mean it. And I wish that. And and if that's not true, then I wish that we knew that too. But I really think that must be true. He said that with a lot of confidence, you know. I mean, I know it was the first day. She had just been murdered a few hours before that press conference. So if everything's not perfectly accurate, that's understandable. But that sound, he sounded like he knew what he was talking about. He said, oh, yes, we have footage of the perpetrator walking down a hallway presumably to leave the way he came in i think at that point they were still just using male pronouns they hadn't had that big revelation that hey this might be a female that was a couple days later um but yeah so i don't know that i just Um, think it's very interesting that you know they do have video apparently of the perpetrator leaving, not leaving as in walking out a door, but going down a hall, the hallway to get out of there. And I just find that, yeah. How did that never come up again? That's never been discussed. If I was a part of the official Mm -hmm. media, I mean, we're just moms at the podcast. Right. But I mean, if I was actually Mm -hmm. a member of the media, that would be one of my first questions for the MPD to answer. Exactly. What's going on with us, you know? 
Right. That it, it would be mine too. Like, um, you know, can you explain this? And then, you know, put the mic in their face. Hey, well, hello, we want to know because, mm-hmm. you know, it hasn't been solved. So it can't, I don't think it can hurt anything at this point, you know? Um, I almost forgot. And I'm sure you did too, because it's, it's been a long day, but um, I posted um, that we were going to have an episode upcoming episode and um, asked if anybody had any questions and we had a few good questions. So I thought I would ask those real quick. Yes. Yes, for sure. So one of our listeners, um, Shannon, she said, she asked a question. Um, she seems to recall at one time, the perp was suspected of taping the murder. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? There was, I think that came from a search warrant because they were trying to get probable cause for um, something early on. And I remember there being talk about a GoPro. Remember that? Yes. And then some people and, and, you know, four and a half years later, it's easy to inaccuracy inaccuracies that were from the police early on, just because they didn't know yet. And also, you know, of course, in search warrants, they're going to be a lot more broad, you know, they're going to say, I do remember there being a search warrant where they said that they had reason to believe that the perpetrator had filmed part of the murder. And, um, so I think that's where that came from. But then there was also rumors, I think, about there, there being a GoPro. And then some people went so far as to say that the GoPro was attached to the helmet. And that was the light that we were seeing, which I disagree. I really think that was just a flashlight but um, on the helmet. But it could have been. I mean, who knows? But I just remember a lot of talk about the the perpetrator either use I think the search warrant said they used their cell phone to film it but then later it seems like there was some kind of a backtracking or a clarification from MPD that they don't think it was filmed um that's kind of foggy to me though you know this is what I remember and and I agree with what what you just said um I think that they worded it in the search warrant so as to include mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Google location, camera, uh, recording devices. And there was some other kind of device they mentioned, and I forgot what it was. Maybe uh, walkie-talkies. That's what it was. Walkie-talkies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then GoPro. And I, what I think was that everybody took from that that the murder was filmed. But I think that, that MPD was just including those things in case, because I think you have to include all that Mm-hmm. Uh, the possibilities so that you can get all of that information when you're mm-hmm. requesting those you know what I'm saying when you're requesting that information you have to include every possibility mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I think so it kind of goes along with what you said I think they included all of those possibilities so as mm-hmm. to uh, be able to get all the information they needed but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it necessarily happen yeah and then I swear and this is the part I was saying was fuzzy but I swear at some point I think they circled back and said no we do not think it was it was video that was I think that, I think you're right I don't remember where I've seen it we've seen so many different articles and so forth mm-hmm. and I'm looking through my stuff and I don't I can't find it right now but I know it's it's in something oh it might be this one I think it might be this one but anyway um well and I don't know about you but early on I didn't know that I was supposed to have to file this stuff in my memory for four and a half years I thought this thing was about to get solved so I wasn't necessarily hanging on every word those first several months because I was just like okay that's interesting oh that's interesting and I was just sort of waiting for an arrest you know oh I think I found it okay so this says 
The requested information includes location information, all location data, whether derived from global positioning system, GPS, data, cell site, cell tower, triangulation, mm -hmm. trilateration. This is really testing my skills here. Mm -hmm. And precision, me pre precision measurement information, such as timing advance or per call measurement data, Wi-Fi location, including GPS coordinates, estimated radius and the dates and times of all location recordings during the target time period. Each device corresponding to the location data to be provided by Google will be identified only by numerical identifier without any further content or information identifying the use of a particular device. Law enforcement will analyze this location data to identify users who may have witnessed or participated in the subject of offenses and pursuant to the requested incorporated court order and will request the information contained in attachment a section two paragraph four. Mm -hmm. Anyway, basically just saying that they're, they're trying to include all of that. And then I think there's another part in here that tells about the, um, the GoPro. See here it mentions Google additional lo location coordinates for the time period that fall outside the target location. I know I read it in here somewhere. It talks about all of that different stuff, different uh, things that could be, could have been used. And I didn't think I had this, but I do have it. So I was going to at least see if I could find it so I could give her a good answer um, on top of what we already said. <laughs> okay. So here it says, it talks about the Google, the Google search. Um, this is actually the end of it. Anyway, it just basically, it, I, I, from what I remember, and it's hard to go through here because it's a pretty, pretty large packet um, here. It basically says, see right here, it talks about mobile devices with Google account user has enabled Google location services. Uh -huh. Google can also collect location data from non-Android devices if the device is registered to a Google account and the user has location services enabled. Um, so that, and then it says they use um, information, location-based advertising, location-based search results. Location information is derived from GPS data, Wi-Fi access points. I mean, they're basically covering all. Oh, here it is. Digital cameras, including cellular telephones, frequently store GPS coordinates, including, including where a photo was taken in the metadata of image file. So they're mm -hmm. trying to cover all their bases. Mm hmm this is where it talks about um, photos, videos, computer files sent via email. I mean, they're basically covering, they don't know that any of these things happened. They're just trying to cover their basis is what I'm gathering from all this information here. Right, right. And that makes total sense that they would do that. Yeah, that and here's something. I thought I would here's, read it. <laughs> here's something inter interesting from local NBC DFW. I found an article from April 22nd, 2016. And this goes along with what we're talking about. It says, the headline says, head wound killed Midlothian fitness instructor. Now, head wound, that's vague. That could be a gunshot. That could be a hammer, claw side of a hammer. That could be all kinds of things. And, and it's, this is an article, too, where they're talking about seizing her truck. But... um. There was something I wanted to bring out in here. Hang on. Sorry. The one thing that doesn't fit is the bludgeoning. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know if MPD, did they ever say bludgeoning? I think that. No, I think, I'm like you. It's been, we've looked at so much stuff now. I can't say who said what anymore. I don't, th I don't think that came from police. I think that came from the rest of us. Okay. Um, it says here in the search warrant dated April 18th, police said Beavers was, quote, deceased from a head wound, end quote. 
and that the person in the video, quote, used an unknown instrument to cause the death of Terry Beavers at this location, end quote. Unknown instrument, we just all assumed was whatever the perpetrator had in their vest or was carrying, like, was it maybe the hammer and they're not sure because the murder wasn't on camera. But I'm just really starting to think that the gun was probably that one piece of evidence that Kevin Johnson used to talk about that they wanted to withhold. And I was really adamant, and I know you were too, about us not talking about the gun earlier on because mm-hmm. we felt like that's disrespectful because police wanted to keep it a secret. But now it's just blown up. Everyone's talking about it. So we're just kind of mm-hmm. like, what the heck at this point, right? Um, here's, the, here's the other part of this interesting article I wanted to bring out. Um, the Dallas County Medical Examiner completed an autopsy on Beavers Tuesday. Here's the part that's interesting. But police are not releasing her specific cause of death citing the ongoing investigation by withholding that information police said they retain a strategic advantage in the investigation hmm. i guess they think that that's what was happening so they they thought it would help and here's another thing and this is kind of a golden article i stumbled across they also talk in it about how on wednesday Midlothian police said that they were being assisted by the ATF and the Texas Rangers and um, the FBI. But the thing that's interesting about um, the um, ATF being there is wouldn't that almost have to be for a gunshot? I mean, why else would they be there? If somebody had bludgeoned somebody with a hammer or some other tool, as they put it, then you wouldn't need the ATF there. And remember they brought that dog. Mm-hmm. What was the dog's name? We used to always say it. Tim always said it. Oh yeah. I can hear him saying it, but I can't hear the word. <laughs> I can't think of the name of the dog. But anyway, they had this dog that works for the ATF who came and sniffed obviously for a gunpowder, you know, residue or whatever. Um, so anyway, I just thought that this is kind of an interesting article it's from NBC dfw.com and it is from april 22nd 2016 written at noon published at noon so anyway yeah the atf being on the scene i mean why would they have the atf come on wednesday after her death monday to... it was titan what yes titan thank you mm-hmm. titan the 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 sniffing dog bless his heart and um, so, yeah, that's uh, another reason why I'm leaning farther and farther away from the bludgeoning and more into the gunshot death. Right. Yep. I I, I don't actually um, I don't actually understand all of that. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't either. It, it confuses me on why they. I get. I mean, I I understand it because I know the reason they do it, but I don't really understand. The, I don't, I don't know how to word what I'm saying, but you know no, what I mean. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> it's <so> confusing. <laughs> no, it is very confusing, and I guess that's why we keep doing these podcasts. Because if it was this were cut and dried and simple, we wouldn't have we so much have to talk about. Yeah, and <laughs> di- and nothing. we wouldn't have to do all this digging. <laughs> exactly. So, but we're yeah, happy exactly. to do it. We do it for Missy and for her family. So. It you know we're not just here to try to entertain people obviously because I'm not sure how entertaining we are but it's definitely a labor of love is why we're here and I really really hope that even something tiny could come out of this podcast 
one person could come forward. And please do, if you're out there listening and you think, oh, I might know some little tiny something, but I'm too embarrassed to report it. It doesn't sound important enough. Please don't be embarrassed. MPD is thirsty for leads and for information. Even if it's tiny, it might be the one thing they're waiting for that kind of connects a couple different things they're looking at. It could be a connecting piece of info. Yeah, and it's it and what they're wanting is actual information about the case. Like they have had so many tips about, you know, like I said, and I'm and I'm not making fun of anybody because I can imagine if I seen somebody that walked exactly like, you know, a killer, I would be like, oh wow. But they've gotten way more speculation than they ever thought they could they, that they couldn't even handle it all. There were so many calls from all over the country with speculation, you know, oh my, you know, but somebody that you actually know is connected, something that, you know, happened or something that you heard, you know, something like that. That's the kind of information they're wanting. They're not wanting, and, and, I, and, and remind me, where did we hear that? Where did we hear this? Is there some article or something? Oh yeah. Remember early on, um, Kevin Johnson, I say early on, maybe a year into it, he said, we're getting tips from like as far away as Australia. And we're also getting tips of people saying, well, I've seen someone who walks like that. And um, that's not what they want. They don't want people's opinions and people's like wild guesses. They really want you to call in with information that you have. That's directly a part of the case. Like you really, really, really think that this is who did it for a good reason. Not just because, um, I mean, I don't know. I really don't you know, know how to describe. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's what I was trying to say. I, it's, you know, you don't want to just say, you know, oh, I saw this lady at the grocery store and she walks just like the killer. You know, okay, right. so that lady can walk just like the killer because there's lots of people that may walk like that, but right. they want to know something that actually this person was connected to her. This person, you know, uh, went to the same whatever you know what I'm saying there was some connection somewhere you know you actually have some information right 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 exactly and like if someone knows that someone was next to the messy and acting weird blah 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 you know something that has to do with something local especially um right so anyway that's there's there's another question on here Uh, I'm sorry I didn't mean to go ahead I want to hear the question um, okay, so this one you're gonna have to help me with. It's a good question, but for some reason I am I'm reading it and I'm I'm drawing a blank. So um, one of our listeners named Molly said, "I recall something with phones in the early stages of the investigation, some sort of technology, maybe the FBI." And I kind of thought I knew what she meant, and then when she said maybe the FBI, so I was kind of confused. What do you think she meant there? Okay, phones. You mean like cell phones or? It just says, I recall something with phones in the early stages of the investigation, some sort of technology, and then maybe the FBI. I, I thought I realized what oh, she wanted to I ask until she said maybe the FBI. It kind of confused me. Maybe she's thinking of the cell phone power uh, tower pings. So I said power. Cell phone tower pings early on that NYPD assisted with, maybe? Oh, maybe so. Okay. Cause it kind of just the way she worded it, just at first I, I said a great question, we'll discuss it. And then I, and then when I'm reading it, I'm like, wait, or what? <laughs> maybe she's referring to all that burner phone stuff we heard about early on. And um, there oh, was just a lot of rumors that there was a burner phone, which is actually pretty logical if you think about it, because apparently there's been no successful cell phone pings. We don't have anyone in custody for this murder. So chances are, if they had a phone on them, 
it might have been a burner just those disposable phones that you just add minutes to that kind of thing right remember um, when we did that um episode where we talked about uh burner phones and how they work and how yeah um, you did yeah, some great research on that yeah so that was pretty interesting so maybe that that's you're tr- you're right about that maybe that's that's um a possibility how they were able to get away with you know away with it without anything pinging or mm-hmm. and i always wondered why they said that um the perp had um videoed it on their phone like because mm-hmm. it makes you wonder they've got video of the perp that we haven't seen i just thought it was possible that maybe they had the perpetrator on camera holding his phone up maybe after the murder to take a photograph of missy or film her and we just don't know but i i, I don't I, can't, I think that might have been a rumor but who knows at this Isn't point we have so let us see the end of it you know who knows yeah we have so little confirmed information really if you think about it we know that they think that the perpetrator in the church is the murderer. Yes, we can all agree on that pretty much. And then we can agree that she was killed in the church. Most of us remember we had that one off person that was saying she was killed across the street. But I mean, I mean, really, though, seriously, 99.999% of us agree that she was killed in the church. We right. have just a really a very few things that we are sure about in this case. And the rest of it's just pretty much up for grabs. There's, we don't know if that car across the street's involved. We don't know if there's a small dark SUV that was the escape vehicle or was it this truck now? Or, I mean, we don't know her cause of death, which is pretty amazing. And there's just so much of it. We don't know. Is this killer a male or female? We don't even know that. You would think after four years of the FBI and everybody really studying this, they would at least have a gender if they do know the gender of this perpetrator, they haven't released it to the public. So that's pretty true. wild. What, what, what can we, before we get off of this podcast, what can we say with confidence that we know is a fact of the case? We know the location of the murder. The date, the time, and, the, and that Missy was killed in the church. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not very much. Yeah, not much at all. And that's really good huh? video killed her i mean i would say that with confidence yeah unless there's unless they're not showing us everything everything or everyone that was on camera so that would be the only reason that that it would be somebody else you know yeah i don't think there's there's any way they would hide another if they knew there was someone else in that church if mpd knew that i don't think they would hide that from the public because you know, that wouldn't help the case, but I don't know. I just, um, uh, you're right though. I think we know that the location was the church of her murder. We know that she was there to teach camp gladiator, but instead, unfortunately she was killed by the psycho that was waiting for her. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. We don't know anything else. We don't know her cause of death. Um, we know she was dead on the scene and then was taken to the medical examiner's office. She was actually pronounced dead there at the church. Um, we do know that from looking at the reports. Is there anything else we know for sure? Um, probably the information of the, the campers, um, you know, getting to the location and entering the church at 5 a.m. 
Mm-hmm. Then they're like, okay, I've been here for 30 minutes and nothing, you know, what's going on. Right. And then finally somebody says, we're going in. And yeah. we, we don't even know for sure how they got in the church. Yeah, that's the truth. We, we had we, the we, mystery button, you know, the magic button and on the doorknob, supposedly, or under the door handle, I mean. Uh, not even sure if that even exists, so... I, and I still don't understand why it would exist because it would seem, um, you know, it would seem very unsafe to have a button on a door that you can just push and get in a building. That doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't know yes. if it's something, you know, I mean, even if it's something that if she unlocked the door and then they were just having to push a button to go in, then what's the point of even shutting the door? I don't know. I don't understand all that. I don't either. If they're going to be able to walk in at any point, why not just leave the door open? What's the, I don't get the, I don't get the point of the button. If the door is unlocked, you should, cause like if you, at your house, if you unlock the door, people just turn the handle and walk in. If you have it mm-hmm. locked, then you have to take a key and open it. Or if you're on the other side, you have to turn the knob and unlock it. Well, so, and if there's a way to push buttons and stuff like that, it would be on the other side of the door. It wouldn't exactly. be the outside. It doesn't make any sense to have mm-hmm. a button on a door that is unlocked because there's there's not really a, I don't I don't understand <laughs> I don't understand this button thing. But anyway, uh-huh. and I don't know how after all these years we still don't have anybody to ask that can say with certainty. You know, because remember when I talked to the guy that was the person that you know, repaired the doors in the church. And he said mm-hmm. there was a button that was like a call button and a woman would say, you know, hello, can I help you? And then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. hi, I'm here with, you know, S&H roofing or whatever, you know, here to do repairs on the roof. Oh, okay. And then they buzz you in. That makes sense because yeah. they actually push a button that allows the door to open. It's like electronic and they open it and then you come in. But to push a button and just walk in the door, I don't know. I'm so confused. Sorry. Yeah, I don't get that at all. And um, and also, there's controversy about whether or not they went into the awning door and found Missy, or if they went in the main doors and found Missy. Because, you know, we were told by a source that they definitely saw Missy through the glass, and I just assumed that was because they had walked over to the main doors, because that would jive with the location in the CSI report of where her body was. But then we've had... Um, someone who talked to someone who was there that said no we went through the awning door so conflicting info lots of it in this case um, right exactly. so. and you don't know who to and you don't know who to believe because it's like you know they they are closer to the case uh, not closer to the case but closer to knowing information than we would know but then two of them have conflicting stories so he's like who do you believe yeah, right but you and know it, it is they say when you hear a story, there's part of the truth, you know, is in there, but not well, the full it, truth because they, exactly. kind of, they interpreted it differently or something. Yeah. Or, and people and think about how thrown off your perception is when you have seen someone who's murdered. I mean, you're so freaked out. Like, for example, I don't want to bring up, I know we're about to get off of this podcast. So I certainly don't want to bring up a brand new case, but I will just touch on it for a second. The Darley Retier case, there was a lot of controversy about how she had changed her story or her story didn't make sense. But if we're going to believe that she was actually asleep when the perpetrators came in, okay, this is, I know it's the popular theory is that she killed her kids and that's why she's on death row. I understand that. But just playing devil's advocate here, if she was woken up from a dead sleep by being attacked, 
I don't know about you, but when I get woken up, I'm so confused just by the fact that I just woke up. And then if you wake up to a chaotic scene like that, a chaotic scene will confuse me and just waking up would confuse me both at the same time. My statements would not be reliable of what happened, period. And I'm thinking that the trauma of seeing Missy there in the condition that her body was in, thinking that their friend, their um, trainer that was about to have a wonderful class, but instead she's laying there dead. That would throw my perception off of what's going on for sure. Um, yeah. I just no, that might not, sense. I would be rattled and reporting things incorrectly. You know, I, I pulled in one night, Carter and I had gone to pick up pizza. This was about a year ago and I'm pulling into the driveway and my cat had gotten out while we were gone and my cat was face to face with a bobcat. We have a lot of wildlife in this area because not that long ago, Frisco was all farmland, you know, and they cleared it all out and built houses. And now we have wildlife popping up in our yards occasionally. And there was a bobcat was face to face with my wimpy house cat. And I was so freaked out because bobcats have killed so many dogs and cats in our neighborhood, so many pets. It's just when I saw that, I just panicked. They were nose to nose, just checking each other out. They weren't fighting. They were just watching each other. And so I thought I started screaming. And I went in and, and so here's this. And I laid on my horn. And luckily, my horn made the bobcat run. It went under Mike's car and then out the other side. Well, no. when I went inside to tell Mike, I was like, there was a bobcat in the yard. And it was face to face with with Theodore and blah, blah, blah. And I was telling it, and I told Mike everything that happened. I said, yeah, I just started screaming and honking the horn. And Carter goes, you didn't scream at all. You didn't make one sound. So I was doing like that silent scream, like I was screaming in my mind, but I was so panicked that I told the story totally wrong. So if I was giving that, like, let's say that it was a person that had been murdered, and it wasn't just my cat being nose to nose with the bobcat. If I was telling that story and I told it that incorrectly, please be like, oh, what else is this lady hiding? You know? But honestly, when I, when people are panicking and they're really that scared, I don't think their statements are reliable. And, and, and and that just reminded me of that. So I'm just thinking if we hear from people who were supposedly at the scene or were at the scene, I'm okay with that. I don't think one of them is, yeah, yeah, I would be that way because you and I talked about it. If we were at that scene. I would have left. I would have just said, I will come back when NPD's here because I would have thought the perpetrator might still be in the building. I would have been so freaked out. I would have been like, I'm I'm impressed that those people stayed, honestly. I am too because I, you know, and I say that, I I feel like I would have taken off screaming, got in my car, and I would have just took off and, and, but you know, I've actually surprised myself with certain situations where I, and I can't think of anything, but I just know that my, in my mind that this has happened in the past, that there's been situations where I've handled them differently than I thought I would. So maybe they were just, you know, um, reacting in a different kind of way. But, but it, I think that you're right about the, you know, telling your story and, and what happened. You know, I can see that that would be, because it's, it's confusion. Everybody's like freaking out. Everybody's, you know, who knows? People are probably screaming. I mean, I know I would be screaming yeah. like you said. I would definitely be screaming. And I would be. Being that scared will throw people off. Oh, yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Um, so anyway, yeah. So um, on that note, I guess, are we finished? So I abrupt. So. I'm sorry. I'm like, so are we done? <laughs> 
I didn't mean that's, 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 that's not much of a segue. Covered, I think we covered more than we had planned to cover. So yeah. Yeah, we've been on this thing more than an hour and we were talking about having like a 30 minute podcast. So we, we definitely <laughs> found stuff to talk about. When we get into talking about stuff, we get interested in it. We're, you know, we're just able to talk and talk. So <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, hopefully next time we're on the air, we're going to have our private investigator on. And I believe his partner is also going to be joining us. So, and if that gets postponed again due to their um, work schedule and travel schedule, then we will try to find something else interesting to discuss with you guys. So thank you. Are you there? Yes. Yeah.